You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. We have been teaching on the principle of the kingdom of God and this will be the final teaching on this subject. Next Sunday, I want to get into something and then after that, want to teach on the subject of angels and the supernatural, angels and the supernatural, how it works. And then we will also get into other teachings towards the end of the year. So I want to put a cap upon what we have been teaching. And the point I want to get to this morning is the time factor. Because if that is not acknowledged from the heart, the place of time, and one is hasty or has a wrong estimate about timing, then one will think that one has experienced failure when one is going through the God-ordained process in order to bring out huge results. So what happens is what has been described, or you could describe as a spiritual abortion. In other words, somebody actually uh, uh, prematurely, right, gets off the track. Sometimes some people get wounded in the process because they don't really understand it, where it says the lame foot, let it be healed rather than being turned out of the way. And they leave that way because of the issue and concept of timing. Now, if W2 Media, I could quickly put it up, where he says, and none with, the, and none with joy immediately, they heard the word of God, and none with joy in Mark chapter 4. And it talks about those that were planted on the stony ground, the key word there is immediately. All right, if you can pull that scripture up, I just want to show the issue there of timing. That when people have, it says, and some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately, so that deals with time, immediately it sprang up. So immediately there was external activity because it had no depth of earth. So anything that has depth will take time. A deeper person, in other words, when a person has depth, what happens is they are less, all right, excited and less, I don't want to say emotional, because joy could be described as an expression of an emotion. So it's not not emotional, but it's excited and all of that, and there's really no depth. Now, the consequence of that is the next verse there. It says, but when the sun was up, it was scorched. Because it had no root, it withered away. Now, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 8 and 9, it tells us, He that soweth through the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And he that soweth through the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life, which is what we're saying. Let us not be weary or tired in well-doing, that's in sowing to the Spirit, for in a due season, that's what is called the due season, 
we shall reap, and the condition is if we faint not. In other words, there has got to be continuity. The Bible says that Jesus told his disciples in John 8, I believe 44, that he says, if you continue in my word, continuity, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and you shall be made free. So there's continuity there that you shall reap if you faint not. Oh, sorry, verse 31. All right? The Jews that believe, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So there is the place there of continuity until something happens. It says, you take heed unto the word as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns, until it's a word that describes time. A time comes when the day dawns. A time will come when the day star will arise upon you. So there is the time factor if it's not acknowledged from the heart. When we talk about acknowledging it from the heart, you know with all definiteness of purpose that this thing is going to come to pass. There is that certainty and unshakable faith that you understand that this seed and this image of God's promise planted into my heart that I'm beholding every day and giving God thanks for the fulfillment every single day is an established thing in my heart that will materialize in my life one day. But you acknowledge from your heart, all right, the time factor, that there is going to be this due season. And once that due season comes, this thing is not coming in trickles. The trajectory of my life will change dramatically. I will move into a broad place where I will not know scarceness. It will not only affect my own life, it will affect the generation after me and generations yet unborn. I will lay down my life meditating on this and give myself wholly unto it. Holy means I offer myself as a bond sacrifice unto God for the fulfillment of this thing I'm meditating on. And we see what God expects of us. It's not hard. But you settle it in your heart and acknowledge from your heart. All right, the time factor. For if that is not done, then what will allow, what will happen is it will either make it extremely difficult or allow for the lure of shortcuts uh, to reality where you now get entangled in philosophies, in doctrines that will be, all right, or it will, those doctrines will create clouds in one's consciousness, but no water will really be delivered. In other words, you are taking off that path, chasing shadows, where you think without it coming from the inside, where the Bible says, if any man thirsts, it is out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
but you are looking for the water on the outside when the water really lies on the inside of you in abundant measure. And so there's the process there. You get to the point where it starts gushing out of your own being. But before you come to that point, when you are continuing in his word, and you are right there in his word, and you have not yet been made free, as it were, but there is the hope of complete liberation, that you are going through things and you can't be tempted to going off that path of confessing God's word. I got a testimony yesterday from a lady in, in the Lekki Church, and, and was that she said, well, that was the first time she was ever practicing the confession of God's word, to the best of my knowledge, as she testified there. All right, and said this year she started confessing, she wanted to have a second master's degree. I said, confessing that before the end of this year, I would have enrolled in this. I was making the confessions every day. And said, a door opened and somebody just mentioned to her that let's say Oxford University has an opening. There's this thing you want to go. You want to. So she said she applied. Well, to cut long story short, she needed some referrals and all of that, she got it. Five minutes to the deadline was when she submitted the form in January. She said, a friend told her, I said, have you checked the price of this course you want to go and do? She said, look, she didn't look at it. It was after she was admitted, she discovered it was 67,000 pounds. So I'm going to get this money. But she held on to her confession that I will and began to confess. She applied for a scholarship from the school. They said they do not have any scholarship. She doesn't qualify for their own scholarship scheme. But you can apply to this place. And she applied to that place. That was the only place she applied to. And she kept confessing. And she said this last week. She now has the 67 tuition, everything paid for. It was her first experience, but there was continuity in it. So you have that, and you are certain it will come to pass. People ask, how long will it take? It will take as long as to make that person who that person ought to be. In other words, God will work within you to prepare you to receive that particular thing. And if you will not resist his work inside your heart and understand that from the environment there, you will go through things and corrections are being made on the inside of you by the Holy Spirit. And you submit yourself to the dealings of God, then there will be the formation of the nature of God within your soul that will put you in a place where you can receive that particular thing. Knowing the time element will make you prepared psychologically and mentally for the journey or for the process. Don't forget that. If you are told that you are running 1,500 meters and it's actually 10,000 meters you're going to run, then you probably will lose that race because you will pace yourself for 1,500, close on 1,500, only to discover that you'll take a little bit more time. So you've got to be psychologically ready and mentally for it. We're getting to the practice now. We talked about the doctrinal side now, the actual practice, and things that you're going to experience in the journey. You will reap, the Bible says, in due season. There is a time, I've said this, where everything will begin to happen at once. Where the surge will just happen. Where doors will just start getting opened up for you. That your lines fall into pleasant places. You enter into a season there where stuff just begins to happen. 
And as he tells us in Isaiah, you ask yourself, who has begotten me these? And God will tell you, independent of you, I lifted up my hands to the Gentiles and a standard to the people, and they are bringing stuff upon their arms and shoulders unto you. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 tells us to everything there is a time. To everything there is a season. And there is a time to every purpose under heaven. Everything under heaven is subject to the law of seasons, times, and seasons. Everything is subject to the law of times and seasons. What you have got to do is guard your heart with all diligence. All right? Put away from you a forward lips and perverse tongue. Have no double speech. Be consistent in your declaration. Keep before your eyes, the scripture says, what God has promised. Incline your ear unto it. Guard your heart with all diligence. It tells us, for out of it come the issues of life in Proverbs 4.23. Then the next verse, it says, ponder, put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips far from thee. Then let thine eyes look right on, let your eyelids look straight before thee. Next verse. Ponder the path of your feet, which means any decision you want to make, that the Holy Spirit puts some green, sorry, some red flags inside your heart about it. Ponder. Think about what you want to do. Make sure, look at next verse, that same verse, make sure your ways are established. All right, read properly about the things you want to do. Make sure you are established. There is real understanding concerning these things. Now, so we get to it this morning. The open secret of spiritual maturity and healthy spiritual growth is to settle down on these two scriptures. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 and verse 29. I'm going to be brief in this message, but there's something I want to say. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That is, all things are working together for my good. When we see that all things are working together for our good, all right, to make us more and more, as he says here, conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Because what the Father is waiting for, and I said this, in this church, our emphasis is not Christian activity, but Christian maturity, not Christian activity. Immediately sprang forth is activity. Depth is maturity. In other words, when you make your move, your ways are established. You have pondered the path of your feet. You have run that decision and thought through. There is calmness, decisiveness, maturity in your approach. You are not going to change in the face 
all right, of a position for it is well thought. So what God wants to do is to conform us into the image of Jesus because it's who you are that counts, not just what you do. A father of many nations have I made thee. The promise is that you become somebody. That's why the Spirit is transforming us. We think he's walking on the outside. He says, no, transforming you into the very image of Jesus Christ. So all things are working together for your good, that you might be conformed. The Bible says God is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count its slackness, but not willing that any should perish. All right, but come into repentance, which means there's some change and conformity. When that is arrived at, he says, then there'll be manifestations. All right? It's like you saying you want to take up a position in a company or an organization, a multinational to lead it. And they call you for the interview. You are immature. You are all of that. There's no way they're going to hand over the stuff to you. All right? There's immaturity. You are all this. You know, you overreact. and all that. There's no way they're going to do it. Because it takes some level of maturity, and this is what Christians need to get to enter, or else if you get that thing by using an underhanded method, it ends in sorrow. So when we see that all things are working together for our good, so make us more and more like Jesus Christ first. We will not be upset, neither will we faint, because it says you will reap if you faint not. In other words, things can come that can make you want to faint. We will not be upset nor faint when some of those things are hard and they are difficult to understand. But right there, we lift up our hands to God that you will not allow me to be tempted beyond that which I can handle and we will worship him and allow, praise him and worship. Now, regardless of what happens on the outside, this thing I have seen in my heart shall be established on this earth, that I will not be discouraged, as it says in Isaiah, neither will I faint until I have established and brought judgment forth into this earth. So difficult to understand and oftentimes contains the element of death. I'll explain what that means. For Paul said, I die daily. We that believe are always being delivered unto death. We are experiencing has that element of death. It is not retrogression. It is not the unfaithfulness of God. It is conforming to the image of Jesus. When we understand this, we will be able to rest in our Lord Jesus Christ and say to the Father, Thy will be done, O Lord, as I move towards the fulfillment of this vision that you have placed before me. It is one thing to know God's purpose. It is another thing to know about how to enter into God's purpose. It's one thing Jesus said, except you are born again, you can't see the kingdom. But except you are born by the water and the spirit, you cannot enter. Many have seen things, but don't know how to enter into it. It is one thing to know God's purpose, but it's another thing entirely to know how to enter into it right here and now. And one of God's most effective means, now hear this here, most effective means in this process is failure in inverted commas and disappointment. 
For this is where the transition from the natural into the spiritual occurs. Isaiah 40 and verse 29 tells us, it says this letter, he giveth power to the faint, which means when you get something happens and you faint, you're disappointed, he giveth power only to those people. And to them that have no might and have come to their wit's end, he will increase their strength. Next verse. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall or fail. But they that wait upon the Lord. So you get to that point, and God says, listen, come and wait on me. All right? This is a tool that God uses. Now, so many of us Christians are frantic about a failure in our lives. We go at length to cover it and to hide it, to rationalize and to ignore it. All the time, we are resisting the main instrument in the hands of the Father in conforming us to the image of Jesus. For Paul said, we that live are always delivered unto death, that the life of Jesus, put up that scripture, may be made, 2 Corinthians 4, may be made manifest in our mortal flesh. We that live are always experiencing this. We that are on the journey to this place are always delivered unto death for Jesus, that the life also of Jesus be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Next verse. It says, so then death worketh in us. What's it talking about? We're experiencing these things. All right? People let us down. Uh, things happen on the outside. Uh, we had projections. It didn't work out the way we thought. Uh, we prayed about things. It didn't shape out that way. But at that point, that's the moment of transition. Where God takes you from the natural and puts you up into the supernatural if you wait on him in those moments. All the time, people are resisting the main instrument in the Father's hand, conforming them to the image of Jesus. He wants to show us how to now enter into it. For we have tried to enter into it, and that's why we failed. So it's failure concerning our what they call self-life or the outward man, his ideas, his brilliance. That's why we get disappointed, the outward man. The Bible says that it's only the word of God that endures forever. That all flesh is as grass. And the goodness thereof as the flower of the field. So even the goodness of that flesh there will fade away when the sun comes. God wants to show us how to get into that thing. All right, you tried, you thought you should do this, thought you should do that. Now, if you, look, if you listen to the testimony of the lady in my phone here, it was somebody came up to her and suggested it. All right? And then this, you'll see that the earth was bringing it forth. It wasn't by her own sheer aggression and trying to manipulate the environment. And that's why we fail. Because we think we are more intelligent than, all right, the logos that created the system that we are all beneficiaries of. He placed you right here with several people because he knows you need these folks. You can't do it by your own self. Okay, there's a system that is at work. 
We're all beneficiaries of the wisdom of other people as others. Will be, and there's a system that is at work here on the earth. And so what's the way God wants us to do it? 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says that with an open face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image. Now let me read what a great evangelical, English evangelical said, Norman Duty. He said, if I am to be like him and be fruitful in the work that I do, then God in his grace must do it. And the sooner I come to recognize this, the sooner I will be delivered from another form of bondage. I must recognize, he said, that if I am going to be fruitful, in the work that I do, then God, by his grace, must do it in and through me. The sooner I come to recognize that, that is not me, but God in me, I will be delivered from another form of bondage. Then he said, throw down every endeavor and say, I cannot do it. This vision is not in me to make it happen. The more I try to do it, or the more I try, all right, the more I try, the farther I get from his likeness. What then shall I do, he said. Ah, the Holy Spirit says, you cannot do it, just withdraw and come out of it. You have been in the arena. You have been endeavoring. You have now experienced failure. Come out and sit down. And as you sit there, all he asks is behold him. Look at him. Don't try to be like him. Just look at him. All he asks for is a steadfast gaze, not to heal yourself. This podcast is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.